Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Today is VBPH Sunday, where we feature a message that was recently preached from the pulpit of our church here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You'll hear from Pastor Adam Dragoon and any other visiting preachers who have come through our church. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. And we're glad that you're here. Psalm 103, if you join me there tonight. want to, uh, first of all, remind you that uh, our church produces a daily podcast of sermons. This message was inspired by one of the sermons uh, that was put out on that podcast actually last week. Every Wednesday we call Wayman Wednesday. And so Wayman Wednesday is about hearing a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. And I'm grateful that for 50 years, Pastor Mitchell inspired our fellowship and was the founder. And uh, God used his life powerfully to uh, to begin a movement uh, that came out of the Jesus People movement. And now all of the pins on that map that you see out there is a direct result of his ministry and people that were saved under his ministry. It's a powerful thing to observe. And so that's why we thought, uh, Dave and I, as we we're producing this podcast, we thought it would be important to continue to hear his voice. And even though he has gone on to be with Jesus, uh, that we need to continue to hear his voice. And, um, and so, uh, I make sure to listen to those, not just to, to, uh, put them out, but also to listen to those messages. Uh, because I get inspired when I hear Pastor Mitchell preaching. And so th- this message is a direct result of his preaching and uh, something that he mentioned in his sermon from last week. And I want to share with you tonight. So Psalm 103, we're going to read verse 7 here in just a moment. There was once, there was once an unwritten rule in polite society. And that is, when you're around people you don't know, you should probably avoid conversations about religion and politics. You remember that rule. And why? Why did people want to avoid those conversations? Well, because when you talk about religion or you talk about politics, both of these begin to reveal the deep-seated beliefs that we hold as human beings. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have a conversation about that. It's just uh, that is a, uh, if you want to have a working relationship with people that may not agree with everything that you believe, uh, it's good to, to maybe avoid those topics until you get to know someone. And so what we ought to focus on, especially with people we don't know, is not just what people believe, but what people do. And I want to give you a, a thought experiment in order to t- get your mind moving in the right direction. And, uh, and I, I give credit again to my rabbi that I listened to for this. But imagine for a moment you have a neighbor who's living next door to you. And this neighbor, uh, you haven't had a conversation with them yet, but just by watching them and, and their behavior, you notice that 
this neighbor of yours keeps their home in very good condition. This neighbor of yours goes to work early and comes home late in the evening after a hard day. This neighbor of yours has a healthy and vibrant marriage, and the children are well taken care of. And by what you can see, they're respectful, they have manners, and getting good grades in school. This neighbor of yours spends the weekend washing his car and mowing his lawn. And then you decide to have a conversation with this neighbor, and you discover to your surprise that this person is an atheist who doesn't believe in God. That's the neighbor on one side. Now imagine on the other side of you, you have another neighbor. And in this case, you have a person who has cracked windows and an overgrown lawn. There are children running all over the place who disrespect the neighborhood. You hear frequent fighting and flying dishes, which has resulted a few times of police officers visiting their home for domestic disputes. Then one day, as you are getting out of your car, this person is coming out of their home, and that neighbor, you have a conversation with them, and you discover that this person is a Christian, and that they go to the church down the street. So one neighbor on one side of you that says they're an atheist, but they're, they, according to what their actions are doing, a very, very uh, good person. You have another neighbor who, to all appearances, has life falling apart, but they say, yes, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus, and even have a Christian bumper sticker on their car. So the question is, if you are going out of town, and you need to leave your key, so that if there's an emergency, or they need to bring the mail into your house, which neighbor are you going to trust with the key to your house? And I think the answer would be pretty obvious, right? Even though the person who says they're an atheist, but they've got things together, at least on the outside, you're probably going to side with giving that person the key rather than the person who says, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, there's my church down the street, but their life is in disarray. Are you with me so far? The reason why this is important is because it is, it is essential for us to judge people based on their actions and not their words alone. It is one thing for people to make declarations. But understand tonight, what you believe has a direct result on what you do. In the scripture we're about to read, we're going to find an interesting comparison between the belief of God and the behavior of God. And, uh, and I want to encourage you tonight, open up your heart. God is going to speak to us from Psalm 103, verse 7. This is a message I've titled, Behaviors and Beliefs. Look at this scripture. You'll be, you'll be amazed. It says, He, God, He made known His ways to Moses and His acts to the children of Israel. Do you catch the difference there? The New Living Translation transla translates it this way. He revealed His character to Moses and His deeds to the people of Israel. This is the difference between what God says and what God does. The difference between the character of God and how it, it, it re He reveals Himself uh, to the people of Israel. Again, behaviors and beliefs. Tonight, let's pray. Father, we come 
by the blood of Jesus. I thank You for Your grace and Your mercy. I thank You that You are a God, Lord, who wants to reveal Your heart and Your character to us tonight. God, let us be like Moses, not only seeing the things that You do, but God, knowing who You are in Your character, that we might become more like You in Jesus' mighty name. God's people would say, Amen. Let's look then first at the actions of God, the behaviors of God as they are revealed toward the children of Israel. And so what we have when we talk about the actions, the activities, the, the, the things that we ha- can see, uh, the, the miracles, the signs, the wonders that God does. So often in our lives and in the life of the church, this is often the first contact that people have with God. The reason that most of you came to the Lord is because you were in a crisis, right? You cried out to God and you said, God, if you'll fix this problem I have, then I'll serve you, right? And we often come to God at the end of our rope. Or like in the New Testament, the reason why Jesus got so much attention in his world was why? Because he was a worker of miracles. He was a healer. He healed the eyes of the blind man. He, uh, he spoke to the lepers and cleansed them of their leprosy, right? He, Jesus is the one who called the man at the pool of Siloam and said, uh, take up your bed and walk. And these are incredible miracles that we know God can do. These are his actions. And th- this is the way that God revealed himself to the children of Israel. So you know the story going back to the book of Exodus. God's people were in slavery and bondage for 400 years. They cried out to God for mercy. God, send us a deliverer. Send us someone to set us free. And God said, I'll do that. I will perform miracles. I will perform signs. I will rain down uh, the plagues upon Egypt. And the result of all of those signs, those wonders, I would contend with you tonight that no generation of human beings has ever seen more miracles than those children of Israel. Those people who, uh, under the direction of Moses, they saw ten plagues against Egypt, right? They saw the Nile River turn to blood. They saw the plague of frogs. They saw the plague of darkness. They saw the plague... uh, On and on it went, miracle after miracle, God trying to set them free. And with each passing plague, the heart of Pharaoh became harder and harder. He says, no, no, I won't let them go. No, I will not. And finally, God hardens the heart of Pharaoh. And the final plague we know is the plague of the death of the firstborn. This is the greatest sign that God gives to Egypt, to the Pharaoh. He says, if you don't let my people go, then I will cause the spirit of death to come through the land of Egypt. And he will take the firstborn son of every family. And so only the only way to escape, of course, was that they would kill the lamb. And the blood of that lamb would be over the doorpost. And when the spirit of death would go to enter that home, he would see the blood on the doorpost of that home, and then he would pass over that house. This is where we get the celebration of Passover in the Jewish holiday. The spirit of death passes over the houses because of the blood. These are all God's incredible miracles and signs, the actions 
of God that he uses to introduce himself to a pagan Egyptian culture, but also to his people who were in bondage. And so, uh, finally, Pharaoh's heart is broken. His own son has died. And finally, he says, take your people, Moses. Take them out to the wilderness so that they may worship. And on the way out, they loaded their bags full of gold and silver. What a blessing, right? And on their way out, there they go. And guess what? Pharaoh changes his mind as they're a half a day's journey. And Pharaoh goes to pursue after them. Guess what? They're up against the Red Sea. And there's the sea on one side. And here's the advancing army of Pharaoh with all of his horses and chariots and bows and swords chasing after them. And they are in this tight space where they are confined. And the only, the only option they have is to cry out to God. And so Moses takes the staff. He, 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 uh, he splits open the sea, the Red Sea. Listen, this is, this is the stuff movies are about, right? This is the stuff that only, only CGI can reproduce. And because this is a miracle. It's a wonder. It's a sign of God. He opens the Red Sea. They walk across dry ground. The Pharaoh pursues and the waters cover them. And now there they go out into the wilderness. Okay. The point I'm making here tonight, God revealed himself to the children of Israel through incredible signs, miracles, and wonders. They don't stop there. As they get out into the wilderness, God says, uh, they begin to complain, right? Oh, they begin to, they begin to say, oh, how we wish we could eat those onions and garlics and the, all of those food back in Egypt. Oh, how we wish we could go. Moses, you brought us out here to kill us. And God says, okay, okay, I'll feed you. All right, little babies, let me feed you every day. We're going to rain down some manna and you're going to have enough to eat. Okay, you're thirsty? Okay, here's some water from the rock, right? The miracles just keep going. The signs that God performs, on and on and on, God performs a sign and, and miracle and wonder. All of these to reveal the power of God. How many of you have seen the power of God through signs, miracles, and wonders? Even in your own life, you've been healed or you've seen somebody get healed. You've seen somebody saved a miracle salvation. How many understand every person who gets saved is a miracle of God? It is this, the signs of God, the power of God, his visible, his tangible actions on earth. This is how the early church began to explode. Right, The very first miracle we read about is uh, Peter and John as they're going into the temple. And there's a man, a, a beggar, who's lame in his feet. They, he, he's begging for money. They say, oh, we don't have any silver. We don't have any gold. But what we do have, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. God does a tangible, visible miracle in front of all. And people were amazed by this. The church began to explode because of this. I want to tell you, God reveals His acts, His works to the children of Israel. But there is a problem. There is a problem with only knowing God through His acts. Only knowing God through His behaviors. And that is, it is not enough. I want you to hear this scripture in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, 
and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation. And I said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. How do you explain this? The generation that saw the, the most miracles, the greatest, most grandest, epic Hollywood kind of miracles in front of their eyes. And what did it produce? People who complained. People who backslid. People who would not believe God at His word. People who would not trust God's man, Moses. And what did it produce? Ultimately, it produced the wrath of God on them that they would not enter the promised land. God said, I'd rather have you die wandering in the wilderness because of your lack of faith. And so while we, we do not, we, we don't want to take away from God's miracle power. We love to see God move in miracles. Listen, I need a few miracles tonight. But if the only way we know Him is through His deeds, through His actions, if all we do is like the faith healer on TV, send in a hundred dollars and put your hand on the television screen and you'll get a miracle. I tell you, you will have an immature relationship with God that will not grow and ultimately will cause bitterness and unbelief. Everybody with me tonight? Listen again to what the scripture said that we started with. Psalm 103, verse 7, He made known His ways to Moses and His acts to the children of Israel. He revealed His character to Moses and His deeds to the people of Israel. There is an account in the book of Exodus describing this same group of people. And uh, they come to, uh, to, the, to the mountain where God is going to uh, deliver the Ten Commandments. And it's in Exodus chapter 20, right? This is the chapter where God first delivers those Ten Commandments to His people, right? Ten Commandments, it's God's revelation for how to live a moral life. Those Ten Commandments still have power in our world today, right? Now, God delivers those on the top of the mountain. And up there at the top of the mountain where Moses was, to the people of God seemed a very scary place. Listen to this account, because God delivers these Ten Commandments, these two tablets, to Moses, and it's like this amazing revelation, right? He comes down from the mountain, same chapter, Exodus 20, verse 18. Now watch what the people do. All the people witnessed the thunderings the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled. They stood afar off. And they said to Moses, Moses, you speak to us and we will hear. But do not let God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, do not fear for God has come to test you that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. But watch, the people stood afar off. But Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. You know, I'm so grateful to look back on my, my new convert days when I was a teenager. 
And I had a fresh revelation of God and God revealed himself to me. And I can remember, you know, weeping at the altar, crying out to God to forgive me and heal me of my sins. And, you know, first six months, first year of salvation is such a critical time and such a time where God reveals himself in power, right? You can remember that when you were a new believer and faith was fresh and it seemed like the spirit of God leaps out to you from every page of the Bible. And every prayer meeting is exciting. You're touching heaven and changing earth like the song says. And you're witnessing to everything that moves and people get saved and your friends begin to come to church with you. And it's so exciting. Those are the acts of God. And we don't want to discount that in any way tonight. But I want to tell you, if your relationship with God is only through the miracles, it might not last. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. There was a time Moses called the people. He says, I want you to come now. You've seen all the miracles. I want you to meet God yourself. See, God called them up to the mountain, but they didn't want to go. They said, it's too scary up there. It would require too much of us. We would have to really change to go up to that mountain. Moses, so you go on our behalf. You go to the prayer meeting, Moses. You go to the Bible study. I'll stay here on the couch where I'm more comfortable. They had seen the miracles, but they didn't want to know the character of God. Listen, the mature believer has to at some point say, God, I have seen you. I've seen you move in my life. I've seen you save people. I've seen you rescue miracles. I've seen you do incredible things. I've seen you heal bodies. I've seen you move in circumstances. But I want to tell you tonight, you better know God by who He is, not just what He does. You better, you better be willing to leave the comfort behind and go climb a mountain every once in a while in prayer. It's dark and scary up there. The cloud covered the mountain. There was thunder and lightning. That was very scary. 
And they said, no thanks, I'd rather stay home. You go, Moses. You go, pastor. I'd rather you go have the experience and then come tell us about it. That would be easier for us. And then what you have is one person, Moses, who knew the character of God, who knew his ways. And you have a whole congregation who only know his works. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that because of this, their faith grew cold, their unbelief, they complained, and ultimately, they were prevented from going into the promised land. It was only their children. It was the, the, it was the generation of Joshua who rose up after Moses. Joshua, and the only one left who believed God was Caleb and Joshua. And everybody else, it was only the children of that generation. Listen, those children, the only miracle that they had seen was the daily manna that was falling. They had never seen the Red Sea. They had never seen the, the plagues of Egypt. They, they had not seen the same kind of works that this generation saw. But God said, I, I can't move on with these folks. They're going to wander in the desert for 40 years until they all die except for Joshua and Caleb. And only after that can I bring you into the promised land. I want to tell you, God has a promised land for this church. He has a promised land for your family. He has a promised land for your marriage, for your home. He has a promised land for our fellowship, for our nation. God has a promised land that He wants to bring us into. It's okay, you don't don't have to get excited. I'll get excited myself. Listen tonight, God has a place that He is taking us to. But if He's going to take us to that place, we have to know Him by who He is, not just what He does. This is the difference between knowing who someone is versus knowing them personally. Right? You know who LeBron James is. Every one of you can can picture his face Right now in your mind, LeBron James, you know who he is. Does he know who you are? Nope. Does he care anything about you? Nope. Only the money that you send to buy his jersey. Right, Saul? (laughs) He doesn't care about you. He doesn't know who you are. All he knows is the money coming into his bank account is pretty good. Listen, there are people that you know who God is. You know who Jesus is. You've read the stories. You've even seen Him move in your life. The question is, do you know Him personally? Do you have a relationship with Him? This is the difference between between Christianity and most other religions, every other religion in the world. Listen, you can't have a relationship with Joseph Smith. You can't have a relationship with Muhammad. Right? They're all dead. You can't have a relationship with Buddha. But with Jesus who is alive forevermore, listen, you can have a relationship with Him tonight. You can know Him personally. He is not dead. He is not in the grave. He is not just a story in a book. He is alive. And if you are going to enter your promised land, you're going to need to move into an arena of knowing Him. Not just what He does, but who He is. Let's look then at the ways of God. In our scripture, Psalm 103, it goes on to describe who God is. Listen, I believe tonight that there is a difference between 
who you say you are and what you truly believe. Think about that. And the same, the same is true with God. There are those who observe God from a distance, like those children of Israel. They, have, they look at the top of the mountain and they say, no, thank you. Wouldn't like anything to do with that. Let me just observe from afar. I can see God is doing something, but I don't want to get involved. There's many people in the church like that today. There's many people who go to church because God has done a miracle. Because God has set you free somewhere along the way. Because God has shown His deeds to you. But because of fear, because of uh, complaints, maybe because you're still in love with the world, you're still carnal. Maybe because tonight of simple laziness, unwillingness to move forward with God. There could be many reasons, but there, there are many people in the church who call themselves Christians, but they're at the bottom of the mountain saying, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to do that because too scary, requires too much of me. Requ Man, have you ever climbed a mountain? That takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time and effort. It means you're not going to be able to do what you want to do on that day. In our scripture, it goes on to describe not just the things that God does, but who he is, what his character is like. Look at our scripture again, Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Don't the people of God wish they would have known that as they were observing the thunder and the lightning at the top of the mountain? And with all of the scary things that were up there that they couldn't understand, don't you wish that they would have pressed in and discovered that God is not as scary as He seems? He is merciful and gracious slow to anger, abounding in mercy. And yet He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. How many glad for that? Nor punished us according to our iniquities. For, listen, this is important that you get with God. As the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far He has removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear Him. For He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. The thought here is that Moses got a revelation that the people didn't have. The Moses began to press in, began to know God. In fact, there's that account where God comes to Moses and God speaks to him and he says, listen, Moses, you, you go ahead. I'm going to stay here. You remember this account? You go on ahead, Moses. I'm going to remain here while you go. And Moses, he, he speaks to God and he says, uh, God, that's not going to work for me. Because I want to be wherever you are. If you are going to stay here, then you know what? I'm staying here too. If you want me to go, then you're going to have to go with me, God. Because I don't want to be separated from you. I know who you are now, God. I know that it is more than just the things you have done for me. I need your present help. See, that's the problem with the God that you serve only because of the miracles. Guess what? They have an expiration date. 
The miracles are important in their time, but they're not going to carry you. What will carry you in your salvation, in your sanctification, what is going to carry you not just through the good times, but through the bad times in your life, is when you have a connection with God. When you know Him, He made known His ways to Moses, but His acts alone to the children of Israel. What about you tonight? I'm not asking you if you've had a revelation from God. Most of us, if you're in here, God has spoken to you at some point in your life. If you're in here, God has done a miracle in your life. You've seen a sign or a wonder or two or three, right? The question is, are you a student of his ways? See, Jesus came to fulfill what was being spoken about here. Jesus, he came to the earth and he said, if you want to know what the father is like, you look at my life. You look at me. Look at the way I speak. Look at the way I talk. Look at the way I deal with people. If you want to know the father, look at me. Because me and the father, he said, are one. Jesus came to fill in the blank places that we couldn't understand with, uh, with the Father who is spirit. And He came in to show us with flesh and bone, with words, with actions, with deeds. He came to reveal to us who God is, not just the things that He does. Yes, of course, Jesus came to do many signs. Yes, of course, He empowers the church to do great miracles, even greater things in His name that we can do. We're not discounting the miracles. We need miracles. Can you say amen? But we need more than miracles. We need Jesus to be with us. God forbid that we would ever have a church service where the presence of God did not come fall down on us. That I would ever preach a message that was not from Him, but from my own intellect or from my own experience. God forbid. God forbid that you would ever knock on a door to invite somebody to church, but God's not involved. God forbid that you would ever come to a church service and you would sit through an entire sermon and, and not hear from heaven. How many understand tonight? The two people can sit on the front row and can hear the exact same sermon and can sing the exact same songs. One of them walks away from the service empowered, equipped, and ready to live for God. And the other one walks away not hearing one word, still bitter and angry in their heart. What's the difference? One has seen the actions, and the other knows who he is. What about you tonight? When's the last time you pressed in and said, God, I want to know who you are. I want to know you personally. We need to press in. See, that you're not going to do that. That doesn't just happen automatically. It doesn't happen just because you get older in the faith. You, you, don't, get, you don't get a badge on, on your shirt that says, I've been saved 10 years now. Now, now I'm a real Christian. I've got some experience now. I'm glad that you've been saved, that you've been living for God, that you've been attending services. I'm glad. Listen, all of those things, they're worth something. But listen, you, you can fill a church seat. You can hold that chair down till the cows come home and you can still be, uh, you can still be separated from God, from his presence. Still be running on the fumes of past miracles that God did however long ago. It's not enough tonight to name the name of Jesus and not know Him. 
Many there will be in that day who say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not, did we not pray for healing? Did we not do many miracles? And what will he say? I never knew you. It shocks me. It grieves me to think how many people filling churches today that that describes your life. Never knew you. The good news tonight, let me leave you with some hope. The good news is that you choose. You choose which group that you will be in. You choose whether you will be in the congregation of the children of Israel who know his acts and nothing more. Or if you are with the group like Moses who press in, say, God, I'm not satisfied just with the miracles that have happened. I want to move in further. I want to know you more. I want to press in in my faith. God, I'm not satisfied just to get through another year calling myself a Christian. God, I, I want to know who you, I want to know your ways. I want you to teach me not just the, not, not just the basic things, but let's move on to deeper things like in Hebrews that by now you ought to already have been teachers. And yet because, uh, you are not, you're still carnal. Uh, the, the apostle says you're still in your flesh. I cannot teach you the deeper things that I want to. I have to go over the basics again. How many churches week in and week out are preaching the same? Basics again and again and again. And never moving on to the, the deeper things of God. Never discipling their lives and becoming productive for the kingdom. The good news is tonight, you choose. The truth is that you can have as much of God as you desire. Has God ever rejected this prayer? Lord, I want to know you more. Does God ever hold you at a distance and say, no, you're not coming in closer? The only time he says that is when we're in sin. And maybe that explains why people are separate from him. Because there's a lot of sin in the church. But the only time that those, those who are following Jesus, those who are, did Jesus ever look at his disciples and disciples said, would you explain that to us? Jesus, no, I can't do that. Figure it out on your own. Did Jesus ever withhold revelation from those following him? No, he never did. He never holds you at an arm's length. He never keeps you separate from himself. He says, come unto me. He is near to the brokenhearted, to those who cry out to him. The problem with us is that we don't. Like the rest of the children of Israel, we sit at the bottom of the mountain watching the light show. Ooh, ooh, it's pretty. It's like 4th of July, but I'm staying down here. Moses, you, you go up there, Moses. You tell us what it's like. I'm staying down here. What will you do? You get to choose. You get to choose. I'll tell you this. Listen, hold on, Jacob. I'll tell you this. Going up the mountain, having an encounter with God is not easy. In fact, it's very hard. It's a very difficult thing. But I tell you, it is worth it. And maybe 
Maybe this doesn't happen often in your life, but I, I pray that it does. That Moses came down from that mountain and the Bible said that his face was glowing with a radiance of light just from being in the presence of God. And the people looked at him. They couldn't, they, they couldn't even stand his face. Moses, it's too bright. We can't look at you. They put a veil over his face. He didn't even understand that being in the presence of God had changed his appearance. Oh, I want to tell you, when you are in the presence of God, listen, how many of you want to see things change in your life? And maybe you don't even understand how God's doing it. But I tell you this, get into the presence of God. It's more than just studying the Bible. We need to study the Bible. But people can go to university and study every page and still not know God. It's more than just sitting in a prayer room and repeating the same phrases over and over again. Like the pagans do. It's pressing in. God, I want to know who you are. It's more than just sitting in a church service and listening to a nice message. Will you press in and say, God, I want to know you. I want to hear your voice. Not the voice of some guy. I want to hear your voice. I don't want to wait for someone else to tell me what you say. I want to hear it from you, God. This is what it means to have a relationship with God. And the good news is tonight, you choose. God will not withhold His presence from anyone. It's not like there's this special class of Christians, the only ones that He calls into His presence. Come on, just, just the three of you, no more. Oh no. He calls to any who are willing. Any who are willing to climb that mountain with Jesus. You remember that story? He calls three of His disciples, come on up the mountain, boys. You're about to see something. And it's interesting that it's another mountain, isn't it? They climb up the mountain, and there the Bible says that His, his appearance was transfigured before them. His true glory began to shine. And there He had a conversation with Moses, the same Moses and Elijah. And there they're talking, and the disciples are like, see what's going on here and Paul is like okay that's all I need to see I can stay here the rest of my life let's build three temples one for you one for Moses one for Elijah that's all I need and Jesus is like okay Peter let's go back down the mountain now the point is that it wasn't that they were they were more special than the rest of the disciples listen any one of us tonight we can have an experience with God you can have a revelation of who He is. The good news is that you choose how much of God you want. How close you want to be. If you're here tonight and you say God seems distant, it's not because of God. He's in the same place He's always been. Right at the end of your prayer. His presence, His glory, His power, His deliverance is right there. and He waits for you and I to reach out and ask. Let's bow our heads tonight and close our eyes. We bring the service to a close. He made known His ways to Moses, but His acts to the children of Israel. I dare say tonight that you wouldn't be here in this service unless God had done a few acts in your life. The acts and the deeds 
Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.